Hi, welcome to Talking Contemporary, where we will hear directly from artists and creatives from Southeast Asia as they share about what it means to make art in this time and the challenges and encounters along the way. I'm Bianca Winata Putri, curator, writer, and researcher originally from Jakarta, Indonesia, and now based in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, I'm joined by artists Vut Lino and Lim Sokchanlina from Sasa Art Projects in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Sasa Art Projects is an artist-run space dedicated to experimental and critical contemporary art practices. It was founded in 2010 by artist collective Steve Selapak, in which our two guests, Lino and Lina, are a part of. They operated from the historic and vibrant apartment complex known as the White Building until 2017, when the building was demolished for new development. After moving to its new location, Sasa Art Projects shifted their work and programming toward a stronger engagement with Cambodian young artists and art graduates through its creative education programs, workshops, exhibitions, artist residency, and other collaborative projects. In this conversation, we talked about the beginning of Sasa Art Projects and how they first came together in the White Building. It's always interesting to hear about how artist collectives and artist-run spaces work together and operate as a group, whilst also maintaining their own individual artistic practices. We also talked about the importance of artist-led arts education and what it means to teach contemporary art. There are lots of inspiring moments in this conversation, and be sure to tune in to the end where we got a little bit too excited over our love of food and the epic-sounding Cambodian sandwich, Nom Pang. Hi, Lino. Hi, Lina. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Bianca. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's wonderful to meet you both. And Lino, that's a beautiful. Is that an artwork behind you as well? Yeah, that's an artwork by um, Albert Sumret. Uh, it's the light work. Oh, amazing. That would be awesome to see in the evening. Um, well, to kick off our conversation, uh, maybe let's start with the beginning. So how did Sasa Art Projects come together? How did both of you join the collective and the space as well? Yeah, um, I, I can start and then Lina, you know, uh, can join uh, and add in. Um, so Sasa Art Project, we started in 2010. Um, so that time, uh, our collective still Salapak, which was, uh, uh, you know, uh, formed uh, um, a, a couple of years before. Um, the, one of the things that we wanted to do, you know, as a collective was to continue uh, our practice. But also at the same time, how can we, you know, share and engage um, with others as well? And how can we uh, 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 facilitate in the in the artistic community as well? Because we want to see this uh, contemporary art uh, uh, um, in Cambodia, you know, uh, uh, grow. We want to to be part of that development. Um, and so, so the art project was sort of a platform that we thought we could. Um, you know, uh, uh, use that to think about what we can do as an artist, what we can do as a collective, and how we want to engage um, with uh, younger generations, with the public, um, and uh, our peers, basically. So uh, at the time, we now know we were uh, walking uh, around in the white building. You remember that time? Yeah. 
we, we haven't going up yet but we walk uh, you know on a side and walk on the alley where people are there too and we were discussions uh, we will not only walk on the white building but we also walk on the riverfront in some space looking for an actual space but we see white building is very bright brands and also the the histories of the white building itself it's a uh, it's uh, it's unique. We thought that it's also a root of an art, not only uh, not specifically for visual, but they are specifically more on you know circus, musics, uh, some actor and actress living there, and some uh, officer, I mean bank people and stuff like that living there. So uh, yeah, majority we consider there is an art community there. Uh, so we see it's a good route to start with, although the white building is, uh, uh, um, it's, 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 it's one of the first or early kind of social modern apartments and it's look ruins and, uh, and, uh, you know, scaring for some people, but we as an artist, uh, we see as opportunity instead. Yeah. So that's why we you know, discussing and then later on we'll go in and looking for space and uh, yeah, step by step we found space. I think we we moved twice only, right? Only no, yeah, I think we moved twice. First we have a smaller space, second we found another space, it's empty, no one living in there. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of that time there are some rubbish as well, seeing no one living there. Then we looking just, you know, in between broken part of the window and we see two space available and we thought that it's really good. So we we moved to one or two upper floor actually. So uh, that's what we got and we stayed there for seven years until 2017, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know, uh, the audience uh, is very different now from what it was when we were at the white building. You know, before the majority of our audience were the residents from the neighborhood, you know, a mixed uh, 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 community of artists or um, everyday people um, and uh, so on. It's quite a broad spectrum of people. Yes, sir. Uh, the, new, the new space, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, what we consider in the white building is very communities, the root of art this from music and theater and circus but they're not so in they're not so much into visual painting everything but we try to involve everything so the energy are slightly different uh, and also space is also different after the white building been demolished you know uh, all the artists and people living community of the white building is moving and spread out of you know all everywhere in the city so it's it's really hard for us to reconnect to them so we moved to a new place and we we decide to explore into the youngs and uh, uh, not just only a young Cambodian artist but also in a disciplinary uh, you know they are from architects from design from uh, communication and language I mean English or French or whatever yeah. Thanks, Lena. That was a wonderful description of Sasa's space in the White Building. And gosh, I wish I visited earlier before it got demolished. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, the white building has so much history for many communities in Phnom Penh. And Lino, you recently made a work that I guess um, serves as a collective memory of the white building. Um, so to describe to our listeners, your work titled House Spirit is an installation of 119 spirit houses with red lights in each of them, almost like small shrines stacked one above the other. Um, and of course, this installation is huge. It's four meters tall. And the structure actually resembles the modular columns of the apartments and balconies of the white building, you know, with the steel doors and window frames. Um, so could you share more about this work? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. 2018. So uh, that project um, was actually, uh, it's actually towards the 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 <laughs> the ending of the white building you know as an urban block uh, because uh, uh, at that time uh, the city uh, made it very clear that uh, people need to move out um, and the white building uh, will be demolished for new development um, so long story short there was a negotiation process and finally people agreed to move out with compensation and so as people were move, moving out, um, uh, what I saw was uh, they, I saw many spirit houses uh, were left in the house. They did not bring along with them. So um, just to give a bit of a, a, a background, many uh, Khmer families, uh, each house has at least, you know, a couple of shrines of spirit houses. Uh, and because the the influence and mix of you know culture from Chinese Chinese um, you know uh, tradition to Khmer to animism, it's all you know <laughs> blend mixed in. So there are different type of like you know shrines and and spirit houses in in one family. You know one uh, on the on the balcony as for well, like kids spirits. Uh, one inside on the floor as the spirit to protect the house. There's a, an altar for your ancestors, and then a shrine for the Buddha, uh, Buddha, and and so on and so on, right? And so, uh, yeah, I saw many uh, uh, of these uh, shrines or spirit houses were left there. So, I I asked for donations from the residents and also like collected them. Some of the residents also helped me to collect those. Um, and uh, what I was thinking was uh, those are the spirits, you know, spirits, but also spirits, the spirits of the community, the spirits of the white building neighborhood, um, because they, they listen to people's wishes and prayers, right? Um, so hopes and dreams and history, story of each family. And, and essentially, I see them as uh, collective spirits of the neighborhood. So therefore, um, yeah, uh, I, I finally uh, uh, brought them and made them into this uh, this uh, installation work, uh, four meters high uh, and two meters and two meters width. Um, so it's quite it's quite big, and um, so for me, I see it as uh, reconstructions of these pieces of history and memory. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and, and put together to, to become this uh, uh, collective memory and to be a shrine of shrines uh, of, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, of this important community. Um, 
So um, yeah, I hope that you know through this work, um, the stories and the spirits from this neighborhood can continue. Yeah, I saw the work at the last Asia Pacific Triennial in Brisbane, which must be three years ago now, and it's an amazing work. And it's also great to hear about the backstory of this work from your perspective, about collecting the spirit houses and keeping the spirit and the collectivity, the collective memory um, of the place. And this idea of the past and then Sasa Art Projects moving to a new space, as you mentioned earlier, um, I think that's a good segue to talk about your more recent programming, uh, which you kind of touch on slightly earlier. Um, I'm especially interested in your education programs, you know, what does art education in Cambodia look like? Yeah, and actually uh, that, you know, the educational aspect uh, has been, actually was one of the, the main reasons uh, why we started Salsa Art Project because our, um, um, you know, uh, dissatisfaction <laughs> with, with uh, what is being offered. Um, uh, what is being taught about art uh, to to the students and also to the public, you know, public understanding of what art is and also what is taught at school about art. We feel that's uh, very limited and it's very narrow. Um, and so we started Salsa Art Project. One of the very first thing that we did was having an art class, offering an art class to young students. And at that time, uh, it was high school students from different places of the city and then we moved uh, uh, into the white building. Uh, so actually we started the art class even before we started at the white building. And then of course it built on, you know, engaging with the young students from the white building neighborhood. And now uh, uh, some of those students continue to move along with us into a sort of like advanced program into uh, in, in our new space. So what we see is to, to consider what has been offered and what is offering and, and, and try to basically fill that gap. And I think what we are trying to fill that gap is, is uh, uh, to build a culture of uh, a criticality um, and also uh, uh, sort of like more holistic interdisciplinary understanding of the world around them, uh, not just about art. And I think that's what we've been doing. So. Um, uh, so we have three kind of classes uh, lately. To, 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 to more recently, we have three kind of classes. So one is a photography class, uh, which is led by Lina. Another one um, we call contemporary art class, but it's, you know, it's kind of like mixed media class, um, which is led by our uh, another co-founder, Kwai Samna. And then uh, another one is uh, English for Artists, which is uh, co-led by me and my colleague, uh, Prum Sadan Aok. So um, yeah, trying to, you know, sort of like uh, use what we, we you know, use uh, what we can share uh, and also to feel, to feel uh, the gap, what, um, yeah, what is missing now uh, on the educational uh, sector in the art um, and maybe Lina can you know give some example of of your class because it's it's not just about photography you know yeah yeah uh, before I'm giving about my class but I want to give a little bit more detail into initials of our education uh, energy and the idea why we think education is very important yeah uh, so far Lina was mentioned a lot but 
I'm trying to explain that you know, uh, you know, fine art school we're really based on we can consider like traditional, you know, photograph, uh, drawing from real landscape portrait or from taking pictures from pictures, you know, they're still following painting of Ward and other component image of real realistic. Uh, for us, as our project is very, we, we try our best to be very, you know, multidisciplinary. Uh, that's why uh, PISAUD residencies also exist because we focus on PISAUD, you know, on, on, on experiment instead of making a, uh, uh, the same body of work that they already used to make. Or, uh, you know, we engage them to explore something different or beyond. And that uh, we explore something uh you know, beyond, uh, and, and and also what I am trying to say is to give, you know, mentorship, to give advice, to to give them information of what is going on around the world about contemporary art. Basically, I don't teach so much of techniques, you know, imagine photography, they may sing a lot of techniques, you know, how to use camera and everything like that. But uh, in my class, not really, because uh, we are selecting student that already you know let's say finish their beginner into you know uh, uh, maybe up to intermediates you know into into their cameras equipments uh, only that we that they lack of is uh, uh, concepts uh, you know perception thought critical thinking of what is surrounding what is photography and what is beyond photography yeah, I mean that's really great. And Lena, I'm I'm also interested in your classes. And you mentioned that you have uh, students joining who already have a bit of a photography background, um, but then you're kind of focusing more on concepts. I'm wondering what are they? What other students join your class? Like who are the publics for your for Sasa Art Projects? Because because I would imagine if you're working with communities, some people would go a bit. Like, oh, is, what is contemporary art? Why does it look like this? Um, how is this art? Do, do you get that question a lot? or You know, kind of familiar, but not familiar. Contemporary is really news for them. So, uh, they pass creative. And that's why I sometimes shift my program a little bit uh, based on their understandings of art, especially in photography. Because so far they know uh, mostly, you know, portrait, commercial, street a bit. Only street photography, they know very li- little, right? They, uh, you know, in the photography world and histories of photography or, you know, academic in photography, they don't know. They, I would consider a lot of them are amateur, amateur, or they, you know, study photography in other technically institution or technically people. They learn from each other. They learn from internet. They more want to learn for their personal interest and also for their you know wedding and pre-wedding monies and all those things so you know coming back into the arts and into exploring the the language of photography and the art of photography is very news for them and that's very challenging that's why i need to teach them a lot of art histories uh photography histories uh there are some art history in there in terms of image and how you know image have been used from painting to photography, from photography to painting, and how you know performing have been centralized for photography and photography, how important a photography in performing, performing contemporary performing people, 
that they need photography to to show their activity, the acts of performance are the why the audience can only see during when they perform. So what is the value of the art? What is the value of the performance? What is the value of the object as an art that then you taking photo and that you also call it as an art? This is a lot of analyzing and uh, analysis. And I'm trying to give them examples of other photographers using the way that they can express their insight through image. So it's basically whatever your theme, whatever you want to say, your theory, your, 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 your philosophy, your thought, your critical thinking, your stress, your depressed, how can you shape them into an image, single image or a series? And this is what we are trying to helping them to process their we to process their thought into image and that's very critical are there a lot of artists that came out of your programs that you know your students that later on become full-time artists we haven't count how many lena <laughs> have we count how many uh you know who came out from our uh, uh education or residency program that now are uh you know artists but um they're quite many. Yeah, not a lot. Not not no. Uh, yeah, they're quite many, but not a lot. And they they not full time artists because uh uh as you may know, you know they are very emerged and still young. They have to have another job in Marseille. Same time, but they 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 keep coming. Yeah, not like a full time full time artist because I don't think anyone can be full time artist. Uh, very few. But what I mean is, like, uh, they continue continue their practice. They keep making artwork. Basically, they keep making art and they keep, you know, uh, uh, producing and showing. Um, while of course they have other uh, job to to earn. Um, I think that's always a hard balance everywhere. Amazing and yeah, who can be full time artists in this day and age? <laughs> I was actually speaking to FX Harsono um, from Indonesia on another episode, and it took him around 34 years until he could become a full-time artist. And not to discourage anyone, you know, circumstances have changed across the years, but yeah, it's not easy to do our work full-time. Um, anyways, these classes sound fantastic, and Sasa Art Project is absolutely filling that gap in contemporary art education and also art making. Um, but I'm also interested to hear about how you work together as a collective, deciding things together and, you know, making all these programs together, which, of course, would come with its own challenges. Yeah, so the spirit of, of uh, the way we work together, it's always been as a collective. So, you know, um, everyone uh, have a say to a collective decisions. So we decide what we uh, do together. So our annual program, we, we meet, we discuss, and we decide what we want to do. Um, so um, everyone in the team has a say and, and contribute to that decision. Um, even though we have practical structure of, um, so me <laughs> as an artistic director, we have other team member like Sna as a manager, we have a, a team member responsible for um, uh, residency program and technical aspect and another uh, colleague Lena also another Lena uh, uh, she's in, in charge of uh, public programming uh, and uh, um, interacting you know with audience and also the public um, so 
So yeah, there are you know people in different roles are responsible for different uh, area. Um, for example, and and, and as well like uh, Lina and Samnang as co-founders, they also teach uh, uh, their own course as part of the education program. Um, and so um, we have responsibility in different area, but also there's some overlapping as well. Uh, for example. Um, uh, uh, we become more and more um, conscious about uh, so that each person is not only specialized doing in one thing because we don't want to depend on, only on that person. So there is this uh, 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 system or we say organic system <laughs> uh, of rotating role. So uh, for example, in one exhibition, uh, me and my colleague were taking role who, who would be taking the lead and then the others will be supporting. So there's always this, like we work together as a team, but there's a person uh, being a person in charge and then other support and that sort of like rotates, you know, by different projects. Um, so hopefully that's like, you know, everyone is becoming more and more um, uh, multi, uh, uh, what, is, what we call multi-skills um, and, uh, and as well, Again, you know, the spirits of the collective still maintain um, together. We all make decisions together. Yeah, you're creating communities. You're creating artists, inspiring other people to make artists. Yeah, that's incredible work. It's so great to hear about edu arts education in Cambodia, arts education in Phnom Penh, and how it's really led by both of you, uh, the collective and by artists so it's sort of this like artist-led arts education which I find like just makes so much sense it just makes a lot of sense and um, I, I wonder if we could wrap up with this rapid fire question um, so at the end of each episode I ask uh, my guests a few questions like three questions and it's sort of rapid fire so maybe Lino you can go first and then Lina you can jump in and I'll try to keep it to three questions but I am very curious um first question is what are you currently reading or watching actually currently I'm not reading <laughs> that's bad but um I've been uh, uh looking a lot uh at uh uh, light and sound art so I was like just like you know um, searching and finding inspirations um, and uh, while of course just uh, uh, reading around what's happening basically uh, but uh, personally interested in searching about light and sound art that's lovely that's lovely <laughs> yeah I I read I read this one uh, I reread again it's by uh, Sigmund Freud, a uh, chess player. Uh, it, it's lovely. It's lovely. I really like it a lot. Another question, uh, which is slightly <laughs> related to you know how we all live, is in this lockdown and not in lockdown, is food. Like We're incredibly attached to food. So my question is, what is your favorite food? Um, maybe I'll be a bit specific. What is your favorite food in Phnom Penh? And maybe, Lino, you can go first. <laughs> Uh, yes. Oh my God. Um, I miss so many food uh, because actually I eat out a lot. And, and, and so because of the, you know, uh, uh, during this pandemic, I actually I've been in and out of self-quarantine because through direct or indirect contact with, 
with someone who who had COVID. So I I've been trying to be better at cooking. Um, so one of the things that I try to master is chap chai. Um, I'm not, I don't know whether you call it the same. In it's a Chinese uh, dish uh, that uh, you make. Uh, yeah, it's a, it lots of vegetables together, and actually, it's the tradition that uh, this this dish is is cooked during Chinese New Year, and so mm. I I have this like crave because uh, I love my mom's cooking, so I try to to master it. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm getting better and better at it. So it's something that yeah, I want to perfect. I love chap chai. It's so good, and I would have it as well. My mom would cook it. Uh, my partner's mom would cook it. It's just yeah, it's really delicious. That sounds awesome. <laughs> What about you, Lena? Favorite food? I eat a lot of uh, numpang. You know, numpang lat sai. It's almost like sandwich, but it's very Cambodian way. Your Cambodian sandwich. It's um yeah it's it's a long bread like that and you slice half, you wow. cut half on yeah and then you put and you put uh you know different kind of meat but the specific is like the Chinese again is uh this Cambodian crispy sandwich. pork. So Yum. they put on them. There are some chopped ping and fried pork first. Oh my god, that sounds so chop, good. Chop 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 <laughs> and then crispy pork. And um, you know a slice of cucumbers, and um, yeah, and there is a pickle. It's <gasps> oh like my gosh! Chua, that sounds epic. You know, chua, honga, chua honga, papaya, <laughs> lamented all kind of pickle. Put on them a bit of chili. Okay. Half of them, I'm 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 good for my lunch, and that's my personal always some many time. Gosh, and just hearing that crispy pork, chili combo, papaya, oh. That is right down my alley. I, that's the first thing I'm gonna try. That sounds so delicious. Um, thanks so much for sharing that. I'm like, um, I really want a sandwich now <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> um, and the last question, which is a bit heavy compared to food and reading, is uh, what does art mean to you? Uh, yeah, I mean art. You try to express. You know, you make things to express yourself. To feel that it's good to release yourself from stress, to enjoy, to explore yourself in or outside. But you know, based on myself, I'm research outside. You know, I'm not talking about myself personal or feeling and everything. But I'm talking about what's surrounding that I'm looking at that I'm not happy. I want to, uh, you know, or giving some. Uh, I want to express my thing to this society, to that society, to my interest. You know, but all those is involved. How can I express that? How can I tell that in my words? That is like cooking. Bring an ingredient, bring a subject that I am interested. What kind of uh, medium that I can use? Because I'm based in photography videos, some kind of installation for photography and videos, and some performance. So what that familiar to me that is very comfort and very functional to my Most used medium that I am comfort with. How can they come together as cooking? You know, a chicken and rice. You know, uh, for yourself on and for the rest of the world. So yeah, it's in an explorations of a theme into your medium. Try to find the best balance and offer to the audience. I love that analogy. It's so good. 
as for me, I actually, I usually don't think much about what art means, to be honest. Um, I tend to be uh, more interested in what can art do. And for me, that is, uh, you know, much more important to me. Um, what Absolutely. can art do? And for me, I see art as a subject, you know, not as an object that it has agency, that it animates, that it uh, produced, that it does that it performs and uh, in my work personally I think uh, about how can art you know produce relationships how can art produces conversation how can art produces empathy and how can art you know allow mm. um, you know and a, a space for for imaginations a space for critical um, uh, consciousness, uh, uh, awareness, um, and I think ultimately, Definitely. I mean, um, what makes us feel most human. That is so beautiful, and I completely agree. What can art do is such a great question to ask, and it's so expansive, isn't it? Like, what can it do? There's it's just so much potential and so much opportunities, yeah. And it's it's wonderful to just hear, to have that question when we are creating works when we are having these conversations and it it also kind of is heartwarming isn't it what can art do um, in terms of can art reach a bigger audience how can art connect with more communities smaller communities big communities and yeah wonderful response I also love the art it's like cooking response I think that's that's so great so original and again maybe made me a bit, bit like very energized but also very hungry at the moment and um, wishing I was an artist in creating works because I, I do love both of those analogies. Thank you so much, uh, Lino and Lina, for, for your time. I've learned so much and yeah, it's great to hear about, about your work. You're doing incredible work. I can't wait to visit and try the sandwich, the crispy pork sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Come, I bring you there. Yeah, thank you, Bianca. It's incredible to hear about Sasa Art Project's journey as a collective and their commitment to arts education in Phnom Penh. I think one of the key takeaways from our conversation is that the contemporary arts ecology is so expansive and our roles cannot be reduced to one single title. They are not just artists, but they are very much also educators, curators, members of the community, a friend, a colleague, and the list goes on. I can't wait to visit Sasa Art Projects and to continue to learn from them about the importance of cultivating a space for exchange and knowledge sharing. You can find Sasa Art Projects on Instagram at at Sasa Art Projects. You can also find out more about Sasa, Lino, and Lina and their programs and artworks on Talking Contemporary Instagram at talking.contemporary and on our website, talkingcontemporary.com. If you have an artist or creative you'd like to hear from in our future episodes, please send an email to hello at talkingcontemporary.com. Talking Contemporary Podcast is hosted by me, Bianca Winata Putri, and produced by Regan Susanto, Adela Saputra, Stefani Susanto, and Trivita Winata Putri. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.